Black Lives Matter. Let's get it. Start the show. and you should too. Tonight, a podcast about black masculinity, how it is to be black, LGBTQIA rights, and a wonderful best picture winner I like to call Moonlight. You looking at me like that for? What, man? Come on, you just drove down here? Yeah. Who is you, Sharon? Hold on, son. Try not to remember. point you gotta decide for yourself who you gonna be. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. You all tell him why the other boys kick his ass all the time. What's wrong? I'm good. No. I ain't seen good. And you ain't it. Remember the last time I saw you? Listen. To who, Ma? Huh? To you? Who is you, man? I ain't seen you in like a decade. It's not what I expected. What did you expect? So tonight is going to be the first in the series of Pride-related films I'm doing for June. June is Pride Month for my LGBTQIA family. I love you. I love you so, so much. And um, I know it's going to be a rough Pride this year because of the pandemic, but do what you can. Be safe. And let's promote this because, I mean, it's Pride Month every month, but at least... Everyone acknowledges it during June. So let's take that as it is. And for my black brothers and sisters, you know what's going on. This is it's been an emotional week. And it's been a wild week. It's the Wild West out there, man. Apocalypse is coming. Or maybe it's here already. I'm not sure. But Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. That's all you need to know. And no lives matter until black lives matter. So tonight, I'm going to talk to you about Barry Jenkins' masterpiece, this beautiful, elegant, poignant, hard-hitting, just wonderful film called called Moonlight. And um, 
That's what I'm covering for Pride Month this month. So you know where to find, you know what to do. You want to find me, hit me up on Twitter and Instagram, Johnny Freak at uh, J O H N N Y P H R E A K at Instagram and Twitter. Go to my uh, film blog, which I'm going to be updating soon. Uh, Overlook omniplex.wordpress.com. Find any of uh, my. F- old reviews, uh, articles I've written, and I'm on Letterboxd at Johnny Freak. So I'm just going to kick it off with, if you haven't seen this movie, stop listening to me. Go watch this movie and then come back and take it in because you need to take this movie in before you listen to me because this movie is beautiful. This movie is amazing. This, this movie hit me so much harder this time rewatching it than it did I mean, the first time it hit me, but this time it just, it, it's, it's what I needed to cover for the first movie. And, um, all I can tell you, oh, it's in three, three parts. Uh, you get chapter with, uh, Chiron, main, our main character. Um, you get him as a child, you get him as a teen, and then you get him as an, an adult and basically how, Life in Florida affects him and him struggling with his blackness, struggling with being masculine, struggling because he may or may not be homosexual. He might be gay. Spoiler alert. He he basically, yes, he is gay and he's struggling with this the entire film. Um, mainly to the end of the film where you think he's maybe accepted who he is, even though there's parts of him that he can still change, but he's, he's accepted the sexuality that basically he has chosen. Um, Well, not chosen bad words Um, that who he is, he, he, who he is. And he is, he, he is him. And it's a wonderful evolution that is brought to you by writer-director Barry Jenkins, who's also made a beautiful movie that I need to see, but I haven't seen yet, called uh, If Beale Street Could Talk. It's on Hulu. I know. I will watch it. We'll watch it very soon. I'll probably watch it this week because, well, I need, I'm going to need movies like that this week. And also, I'm going to need Do the Right Thing. Uh, definitely going to need that this week. And the movie was also executive produced by Brad Pitt, that wonderful white man. I, I can't say enough. So let's just let's just dive into the first thing. He's when he's a kid is what starts this off. And he you the first time you meet him is actually being chased by other kids of colors, other kids of color. And they're screaming obscenities at him. They're dropping the other F-bomb, which I refuse to say and I will not say on this podcast there. And he gets chased into basically like an abandoned building and. Um, he is, um, it's Alex Hibbert is the actor who plays little. That's the title of the first, uh, the first segment. And he gets found by, um, Maharsha Ali's character. Who's Juan. He's a drug dealer who who becomes like his father because his father is, we never find out about his father, but his father's not there. And his mother played wonderfully by Naomi Harris is, addicted to drugs and she kind of prostitutes herself out. And Juan does have an issue with that, but also he, people are dealing drugs that 
work for him that are giving her drugs. So it's it's a struggle. And you can see that struggle within Juan's character. Like there's a moment where he confronts her because she's doing she's doing drugs in a car near one of his spots where he has people laid out making deals and he calls her out on it but then she calls him out on it because she asks him are you going to be my kid's father and he has no response to that because he can't he knows he can't be because he 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 has good intentions for a little like he just wants little to be a kid and have a good life and have meals and eat. And he wants to be that father figure, but he can't be his father because of what he does and how he runs his life and how he does his job. And it's, it's really poignant. That's a, that's a really good moment. Cause you're like, you want to root for Juan, but also then she calls him out because you don't want to really, you don't really want to root for his mom, Paula, but she comes up with some good arguments that you can't can't neglect you you gotta listen to them and they hit really hard this movie hits so hard so hard but um when he's a kid he actually learns um juan teaches his little how to uh chiron how to swim and talks about life to him basically saying that there's black people all over the world and that we were here first which is technically right and it's just like you're gonna meet you just have to find yourself and it seems like to me a lot of times in this film, when water comes up, Chiron is dealing with something that maybe will change him or it's something he's struggling with, where water is this ultimate thing of it will cleanse you. Um, it will clean you of conflict. And it's like every time you see water in the film, he's he's having a conflict of maybe interest or a conflict of choice or just a conflict of mind, body, and soul. And it's really good because there's, there's the moment where um, he, his mom has sold his TV and he basically runs to Juan's and uh, Juan's, um, Juan's actually girlfriend is played awesomely by um, Janelle Monet, our, our, our lovely Janelle Monet. She's Teresa, but, Anytime that there's a that moment where he runs to runs to Wands, he actually um, he you'll see him go out on the beach and he'll just look up at the sky and then look in the water and you see that he's trying to come to terms with things in his life. His mother just screaming at him and treating him like basically garbage and um, things of that nature. Uh, he also you we get to meet his closest friend who is Kevin, um, and um, there's one time where they're just playing like a like a ball game. It's kind of like soccer. It's kind of like a mix between soccer, football, and rugby. And they're still kids are still making fun of him, but Kevin kind of sticks up for him and little runs off. And Kevin meets him, and they like have a little argument, not an argument, but a little struggle about. Um, Kevin telling little that he just needs to stick up for himself and he, they have an argument and Kevin realizes, yeah, that's what you got to do. You got to stick up for yourself. So the entire film goes about black masculinity. Like what's tough. Who's, who's the toughest, who's the blackest and who like it goes over all the, all those elements in, in the life. And it hits me hard because I'm, as a person of color, I'm black. 
I've had that in my life. I've been made fun of when I was made fun of when I was a kid because I was wasn't black enough. I was the blackest. I've heard multiple times the blackest or the whitest black person, um, and it 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 hits you hard. Like you're like, what do you have to do? What do you have to prove to these people that you're black? And I don't get it. It it doesn't make any sense. I shouldn't have to prove anything. I am who I am, and it doesn't matter that my doesn't matter my skin color I'm still I'm always gonna be who I am and that's what battles little in the beginning of the movie and then when we get to the teenage he's still having that issues um the second part of the film is called um Chiron the title Chiron and he's a teen and he's played by um Ashton Sanders who is fantastic he's really fantastic in in his segment in the film. Um, you get to meet him as a teen. You get to see Kevin as a teen. Him and Kevin have a good bond, but he's always getting picked on. There's this bully in class who's basically, who's got boys behind him. Who's always just always there to make fun of, make fun of Chiron, always calling him the F word, always calling him soft, this and that. And there's, um, there's a moment where like he um, he gets made fun of. He get he's gonna go to Teresa's, and the bully comes up. Um, Terrell comes up with his, one, two of his boys and just makes fun of him. Makes fun of his mom, and he's supporting his. He's like backing up his mom. He just had a fight with her. She wants money because she's running out because she's she's drugged out, and. Chiron doesn't know what to do, so he's going to go to Teresa's, but instead of going to Teresa's, he goes to the beach, and he happens to find Kevin there uh, at the beach, and Kevin's like, you blowing up my spot? And Chiron's like, nah, I, I come here too. So, and Kevin's always been this Mac, man. He's always hitting the girls. He's got he's always talking about girls, always talking about what he's doing with them. Chiron doesn't Sharon doesn't, you know, really hang around with girls. Like he, that's not his thing. He's just, he's kind of shy. He's kind of introverted and they're talking about it. And you can see that Kevin does have feelings for Sharon and Sharon has feelings for Kevin. And it kind of slowly you're out there with the water and he's conflicted about things. And then Sharon and Kevin, they have, it's kind of like a small fling on the beach. And it's shot so well. It's it's really not intrusive. It lets the characters breathe. It's like shot in wide shot, but we we know what's happening, and it's a culmination of them being friends for so long, and them just having their first like ex- like um, male male experiences, and it's it's a beautiful scene. And Sharon is because things happen and Sharon's sorry. And, he, and Kevin's like, nah, man, you don't need to be sorry. You might, you're my dude. It, it, things happen. It, it's okay because Sharon believes that Kevin is experienced. And Kevin seems to be, from all the talk he's saying, he is experienced much more than Sharon was because Sharon hasn't really done anything. With, I think, believe, if you find out later in the film, this is probably the first and only time he's ever done any. He's never let anyone touch him. And it, it, it's kind of big to him. And Chir- the next day, Chiron like, comes in. He, You can see the look on his face. Like, 
he's better about himself. He's happier about his situation. Maybe he's found someone that he can lean on to and he won't have to deal with this bullying and this, this like tough mentality that the, the kids in the, um, his class like push on to him and like he can be vulnerable, but at least he's got somebody to have his back. And a lot of the film is about vulnerability. Like what's the, like being vulnerable and having it seen as, um, feminine and weak and that shouldn't be the case and i know that for my i know a lot of my life that if i'm looked at as being like silent or introverted i'm looked at as weak or or gay i'm looked at as a the f word and it that's not how it is i'm telling that's not how it is you can be vulnerable you can cry you can have emotions I'm an emotional person. I've been told that all my life. And it doesn't make me any less of a guy if I'm calling myself as a guy. It doesn't make me any less masculine. Like, you can be masculine and feminine together. We're we're fluid beings. We're made of water. Like, we're fluid beings. So there's not one thing you have to do. You can be anything and everything if it feels right for you. And... um so when if after this, after they they hook up, like the bully comes up to Kevin and talks to him about playing a game they used to play where they used to like, you know, I tell you to hit this dude and you're going to hit this dude and you're going to have out with this dude. And Kevin's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was a good game. Well, let me know. And you can see the look on his face that Kevin knows exactly what's coming next, that he's going to make him go after Sharon. So Sharon is leaving school. And um, the bully circles him and everybody's waiting for it. And he goes up to Kevin. He goes, hit that fool. He didn't say that. He, I'm, I, I'll, I'll keep this uh, less than R. I won't drop it for people who have sensitive ears. But in the words, he, you know what he says. And Kevin, they're bullying. They're poor pressuring the hell out of Kevin. And you can see the look like Sharon is heartbroken, absolutely heartbroken that this is going to happen. He knows it's going to happen. He knows what's going to happen. He wanted, but he, he would thought better of Kevin. He would have thought better that at least Kevin would, at least Kevin would stick up for himself and maybe help him as well. But no, nah, Kevin hits him once and then Kevin hits him twice. And Kevin hits him third time and Sharon just keeps coming back up and then he goes down and he gets jumped. He gets jumped bad. And I felt that before because I've been jumped in the streets by my own by my own people. Like I'm hanging out with my friends. Two of my friends are white. We got jumped in the middle of the street. Coming back home on a Halloween night, we got jumped in the middle of the street. And I know how it feels to be beat up like that. It's not. It's horrible. I can't even explain it. How just. There's nothing you can do and you don't, it wasn't like my life flashed before my eyes. I just, just had to do what I had to do. Just, you, you take it and you try and fight back. You do what you can. And, um, so Kevin, um, Chiron gets just tore up and he, you can see it. He's had it. He's had enough. This is it. And 
like I, I'm not sure the time frame about it, but he goes back in a few days later and hits that bully with a chair. And you're just like, yes, yes. I mean, I know we're not speed promoting violence, but motherfucker needed to get bashed in with a motherfucking chair. And it takes like four people to get him to get Chiron off of this kid. And then he gets arrested and uh, we cut to um, our next, our final segment in the film, which is called Black. And that's the name that Kevin gave Chiron when he was a kid. He used to call him Black. And so Tyrone has moved. He's in Georgia now. Um, he went into juvie and then he came out and he became basically what Juan became a drug dealer on the streets. He, he's run the trap game, man. And that's what he does. And he gets, um, he actually gets a call from Kevin that um, brings up a lot of emotional feels and he's not sure what to do about it. But Kevin's like, if you're ever in the area, I believe Kevin's still in Florida. Maybe if you're ever in the area, come down and see me. Sharon does his thing. Uh, has a few deals go down and then he goes to see Kevin and they reconnect and it's beautiful. And um, Kevin, older Kevin is played by Andre Holland, who's a fantastic actor. If you haven't seen him, I need to watch high flying bird. Um, I've heard that's fantastic, but he is in um, Andre Holland is the son in the first season of castle rock. And he is such a good actor and they play, they play off each other so well. They really do feel like the older versions of these characters and they're just getting back to knowing each other. And Chiron's still like, he's still the shy. He's still kind of introverted. He's still not really the talker. And Kevin has to like pull that out of him. But it's really nice to see. And then when he speaks up, like you get what all he's feeling. And Kevin apologizes for treating him awfully. And Kevin has a kid now, but he's not, he's not with the woman he has a kid with. Chiron tells him basically he he's in a trap game and but Kevin Kevin looks at him because he's got he's got fronts on he's he's big bulked out and he's he he Kevin can see the real Chiron and not the 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 front he has to put on because he got beat up and he was a skinny scrawny kid and now he's big and bad he knows he's not that he knows he's a he knows he's a good person it's just that he was in a rough situation um he also uh before he takes the visit over to um see kevin he actually gets to see his mom and she's like in a place where she's older i believe maybe it's a rehab center and she's dealing with her drugs and she tried to apologizes for her her issues and they try and solve things that they, some issues that they have, they've had. And it does a little bit, but I mean, there's a lot of trauma that his mom put him through when he was a kid and a teenager that sometimes words in one situation won't heal it. And the movie ends very, very beautifully with Kevin and Chiron together in this this moment and Chiron just being vulnerable again and Kevin just being the person he can lean on literally and figuratively. And I really like that and how it ends. And this movie is just beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful film. 
anybody, not just people of color, but everybody needs to see it. I hope more people do see it because of what it means to the black community, what it means to the LGBT community. I mean, the film, uh, it's the best picture winner. It won a Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture Drama. And then it was nominated for five more Golden Globes. And then it was nominated for eight Oscars. And it won uh, won three. Won Best Picture. Because we all remember that fiasco where La La Land was uh, uh, called out as winner. But it actually wasn't the winner. I don't know. I still don't know how they fucked that up. But um, Mahershala Ali won for Best Supporting Actor, of course. And uh, uh, Best Adaptive Screenplay went to uh, Barry Jenkins. And uh, also, the film is notable for um, Nat Sanders and Joy McMillan were nominated for Best Film Editing. And McMillan was the first black woman to ever earn an Academy Award nomination for film editing, which is fantastic. And um, this film is just, it, it's so incredibly shot. Like, it's very, like... At nighttime, that's very muted colors. There's a lot of blues, and there's a story about how one one time got called blue because black people look blue, and and when the moon's out, uh, black people look blue at night. So there's a lot of muted colors, a lot of blues, a lot of neon colors, um, a few really long, like tight shots. Um, not really hugely dialogue heavy. It's more, it's more actors getting to act with um, emotions and visual expressions and using the words uh, when they need to. And it, it's just, I can't say this enough, how this important right now, this movie is um, to the black community, to the LGBTQIA community, to me in general, because it's, it's a film that hits so many levels and does so many things so well, proving that like it's not just a, you don't have to put black people in a corner. We can make fantastic, beautiful cinema just like everybody else. And um, I can tell you right now, I, 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 after watching it, after rewatching it for this episode, I I'm, I might watch it again this week. I, I really want to see it again this week. It's 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 a phenomenal film. Uh, you can if you have Amazon Prime, it's free there. Well, it was free. It was free there. Um, I, I watched it on Amazon, but I have the um, I have the Ultra HD version that I paid for. Um, I'd love to see this on Criterion. I would definitely love to see a Criterion of this film. It would be really fantastic. So, hey, Criterion, get on that. Get on that. Get us a Criterion of Barry Jenkins' Moonlight. Um, so, yeah, as I stated, we're doing, I'm doing um, a Pride this month. Uh, we're going to do all month long of June. I'm going to be covering Pride movies. I'm going to be covering big ones like this. And I'm going to be covering small ones that you're going to find out soon. But yeah, it's Pride Month and we're going to celebrate the LGBTQIA community. We're going to celebrate the black community. It's going to just be a celebration. We're trying to gonna keep it positive here at the, at the podcast. So, um, But if you haven't and I have uh, swinged your way 
and I have uh, inspired you to please run out and go right now because it, it it's relevant right now. Go out and uh, rent, buy, rent it, and then when you like it, buy it. Uh, Moonlight and support black cinema, support black people in general because black lives do matter. I'm Evan. I love movies, and you should too. I'll see you soon.